Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Gadget Flow. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am talking with the founder and CEO of Shadecraft, Mr. Armin Garabegian. Armin, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah, so our team remembers you guys launching uh, officially your company back in CES 2017, which seems like so many lifetimes ago, um, for this amazing technology sunflower with this autonomous sunshade. And now you guys have completely, you know, more or less brought IoT outside, you know, where you're not just an umbrella company, but you're truly improving, you know, human life outdoors using technology. So I'm excited to talk about, you know, your company, um, but give us a little bit of background of where does this all start and what inspired you to create Shadecraft? Well, we were basically um, actually coming up on on the whole concept of um, IoT a few years ago. And uh, as an industrial designer, my background's from Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. Uh, I was very interested in how can we actually integrate technology in a useful way to help people uh, in the outdoor space. Because I think there's a lot of stuff that uh, many brilliant companies around the world have developed for the interior of homes and inside. But outside, it seemed like there was a, there was a huge gap. And so we kind of tackled that initially with Sunflower. But our mission in general was to improve human life outdoors through great industrial design, technology, and automation and robotics. And Sunflower was kind of the paradigm of uh, basically combining all of those different things into one product that we launched in 2017. We're really excited to continue, obviously, producing more innovative products and inventing things that uh, can help everyone. So when you were creating Shadecraft initially, talk a little bit about that process in terms of going about what features to include, how to build it, where to source and manufacture, you know, really the the nuts and bolts of the foundation that you've built so far. Well, I think that the most important uh, thing that has shifted in the last several years is just the entire process of the speed from conception to production of a product through different means, uh, whether that's through industry of additive uh, manufacturing through 3D printing to be able to prototype faster and just technology itself allowing multiple companies around the world to integrate different types of technologies into product that can help people outdoors or indoors or anywhere. And that's, that's basically at our fingertips now, which was not something that was so easy to do. For example, if you take a refrigerator that was designed, let's say, 30, 40 years ago, that took a team of engineers and a substantial amount of time. Today, that same product can be designed by a few people and uh, prototyped in various locations around the world uh, and have a multitude of different teams working on different sides. It's impossible to have the same kind of 
um, team that was able to produce that refrigerator 20 years ago, um, you know, happen the same way today uh, because there's too much technology. So we rely on external teams. And I'll talk a little bit about our new product here, external teams that allow us to fulfill our vision and uh, expertise um, in different things that we look for uh, in teams that we work with. So uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting time, I think, for everyone. I think this is the golden age of design, where you see a lot of people with incredible ideas around the world, startups in, in our country that, that are constantly developing and inventing brilliant new products. And we're able to do that today because of technology. And uh, it's fascinating how we can integrate those things, even print uh, basically <clears throat> circuit boards inside product as well. It's a fascinating time. Yeah. What were some of those challenges specifically like, you know, circuit boards or just designing the overall product itself? Because it's a beautiful product and obviously it's it's large in scale. So what were some of the challenges there? Well, we we had to basically reinvent a lot of things with Sunflower, which was which was a really interesting process. When we initially started off, we know uh, actually, you know, actually, I should say when we started Sunflower, you probably have to record that again. Uh, when we started Sunflower, uh, we we had a general idea of what we wanted to achieve. And first and foremost, we were looking for a renewable source of energy. And that's that's at the core of Shadecraft's, uh, you know, basically philosophy. We wanted to harness the energy of the sun instead of plugging a product that was autonomous. We knew automation was necessary, but we had not uh, gone down the path of understanding at that point how involved it would have been to test uh, different types of technologies and different types of motors. So we had to pretty much invent Sunflower ground up. And as a result of that, we were blessed to be able to file so many patents and IP over the years. But it was a challenging step-by-step process because when you're designing something that has never been done before, it's an interesting path. You have to kind of stay the course and go through, uh, you know, basically a series of different kinds of tests, failures, you learn from your mistakes, and you basically stick to your vision. And, you know, it was a, it was a spectacular learning curve, but uh, it's something that we're still actually exploring because one of the interesting things was, although we, we knew in our gut that, uh, you know, 20 years from now, it's going to be second nature for people to be able to just literally lay next to a, uh, an umbrella outdoors at a beach or a resort and communicate to it and basically, you know, have the product autonomously closed without worrying about wind, et cetera, et cetera. The process of that was one thing, but then the human interaction with the robotic object was another. And that's something we're still trying to understand. So when you leave that product, what does it do? You know, you want it manual, then you want it automatic, uh, you know, sort of functions and autonomous functions. So it's a whole series of use cases that were, I would say, the most interesting challenge and an exploration to us because we, we're actually at, the, at that point in our lives now where, where robots and, and machines are starting to interact with people. And as a result of that, there's a lot of unknowns. And uh, what we wanted to do is design a product that did not look like a robot. And that was very important. We did not want it anthropomorphic, did not have hands and eyes. And we wanted to be very sleek and have an emotional, beautiful connection to the design. And it was basically functioning as something that people are already used to. And in order to do that, we had to cram all of this technology 
as well as a multitude of different types of PCBs and computers into this product. And that was a challenge. I can imagine. So with the design team and the engineering team working on that, you guys are also uh, been preparing for this upcoming crowdfunding campaign for Sun Table, um, which looks like a beautiful outdoor solar pow- powered table um, with wireless charging, you know, high quality speakers on it. Looks like an amazing product, which I know is going to succeed, you know, well on, on the crowdfunding launch. Talk a little bit about the process there that, you know, the evolution of going from, you know, a sunshade to a sun table now. Um, what what led you down that path? Well, I think it's a part of an, a much broader vision for Shadecraft to continually improve and design uh, products that are enhancing human life outdoors. And uh, you know, one of the things, the reasons why we we felt it was necessary to release Sun Table was because there's a lot of people uh, around the world that already use their shades. And we felt that, you know, the the adoption of robotic shades, although we were the pioneer of that, it's going to take a few years. And we said, why not just allow the average uh, person out there that is looking for uh, a solution to use the, the power of the sun and harness the energy of the sun to just literally listen to their outdoor speaker without having to charge it constantly indoors. Not only that, we already have the technology. Uh, we've been working on it uh, at Shadecraft, and we decided that this is the best time to kind of integrate, um, you know, and, and pick a la carte the different things that we have. Let's release a product that really solves a problem every day for people. Uh, phone charging is a big issue outdoors, and you know, plugging it in, trying to find an outlet. So we said that it's time to combine some of the technology that we've been working on. This is an opportunity for the first time to literally let a speaker charge itself outdoors. And basically, if you're living in a general sunny area without having, let's say, weeks of rain, this product should never need to charge, which is a fantastic thing. Not only that, but just imagine the amount of energy we use by charging our phones indoors all the time, as well as speakers. And if we could design one object that can basically address that, imagine the amount of energy that we would save. And it was part of our mission. It's very important to us to be responsible to our planet and to figure out a solution that's not only beautiful and functional, but really solves a greater you know, issue. So I'd love to know what led you to the fact that crowdfunding was the best option for launching this product. Well, first and foremost, I'm, I'm an avid you know, believer, even though you know, I've been in design all my life uh, and engineering for the past several years, I definitely believe that what we design still has to be tested. And uh, it's really for, we design for people. Uh, improving human life outdoors means that it's, it's the crowd itself that has to help us and guide us through the process of what they like, what they don't like. And it really is uh, we, we had to go outside of the reservation. The most important thing for me and our team uh, was how is, you know, basically how are people going to react to this product? And crowdfunding is the greatest opportunity, first and foremost, for us to say, you know, hey, we really would love your opinion. Uh, we would love you to help us to understand how is this working for you? Do you enjoy the product? What can we improve as a design firm? As, as, a, as a company in the U.S. that is 
building product to improve human life. It's for the public. So we want the crowd to tell us how they want us to improve this. Uh, what are their opinions? Everything from color to positioning of buttons. Uh, so we can think all we want, but I think it's the collective that we are very interested to engage. And at the end of the day, we want to sort of share what is our mission. It's to basically save all this energy. If it's a beautiful, you know, sunny, let's say month, just go outside, put your phone literally on a product that you can enjoy some music, uh, let your phone charge outdoors. And, and it's just, it's just a gift we have um, from the sun it's, and you don't need to plug it in. You don't need to take uh, an external charger uh, with you outdoors. And so, all of these things are what we're interested to hear and hopefully with this launch, uh, bring awareness to the fact that this is our mission, uh, you know, basically as a, as a company that is trying to do, uh, you know, hopefully improve human life outdoors. Are we doing this and what do you guys recommend? And uh, we're really interested and we really would love, uh, you know, sort of the public opinion on what we're working on. Absolutely. So I know the preparation leading up to this crowdfunding launch is much different than a CES launch. So what are some of the things that have been different in terms of preparation for the upcoming campaign? I think uh, with with a launch at CES, obviously, you know, there's a little bit difference in, in terms of actually physically being there and engaging with, with uh, uh, the consumer or different companies that approach us. So we have the opportunity to go in depth in person uh, about our product. Whereas uh, with a, with a campaign like this, we have to kind of communicate all the possible ways that this product can, can enhance, uh, you know, sort of the, the environment outdoors and how it can help people. And so, you know, we're, we're very interested in how the difference between the, the, the online aspect of connecting uh, to a crowd versus, you know, physically being there to explain, all of the things we're excited about. So what tips would you have for someone looking to launch their product specifically, you know, going forward in terms of in this marketplace right now and making sure that they've built a product that fits the consumer? I think the, the inventive spirit, uh, you know, should, should definitely prevail uh, over any type of market. Obviously there's two different viewpoints. One has to do with, you know, the market itself, the economy, you know, what people are looking for. But I would say to any, any company that wants to launch an innovative product to stay focused and, you know, believe in their vision, be honest uh, about what you're doing and uh, really produce something that, that really is going to make a difference. I think the responsibility towards our planet is, is the, the only overarching uh, paradigm for me uh, you know, above and beyond any market thing uh, that we think about. But I think that it's a, it's, it's never uh, a bad time. Uh, it's never a great time. It's just when, uh, when you create something and you believe in it, uh, share it and, uh, you know, launch it uh, in a way that people can understand what it is that you're doing. So it's an, it, this is our first time that we're actually engaged uh, in a campaign like this. And we, we hope to actually release more products on Kickstarter. Uh, we've got a whole slew of other ideas that we'd like to sort of introduce. And I think this is going to be an exciting beginning for us. So I'm very excited about the time, um, actually, also, because there's other issues that have come up in the last several months that obviously are impacting uh, in everyone globally. And uh, I, for one, um, 
have been really looking at, you know, how can we solve other issues aside from just aesthetic, um, you know, products? How can we bring some of the other technologies of Shapecraft to help with a situation just like what we've been experiencing, a global pandemic? So I think some things will change that way, but the market will will shift. I think, uh, you know, everyone's always uh, excited for new products and, and the globe needs it. Absolutely. So you've been working with us here at Inventus Partners for a while now. What were some of those considerations that you looked at, you know, in choosing an agency to partner with for your first crowdfunding campaign? We actually went through a few interviews and, and uh, you know, Inventus was, was basically the most, uh, it, felt, it felt right from the get-go. Um, the questions uh, that were posed to us uh, were spot on. The guidance through the process has been absolutely fantastic for us. And we think that we we know right now before the launch, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you're going to record that or not, but I don't know if this is before the launch or after, but <clears throat> we know that we made the we made the right choice. It's an amazing company, very diligent, uh, you know, very involved in the process. And that was really interesting for us. We did not expect uh, an external company to kind of really be excited about the product and, and kind of guide us through the different steps we needed to look at and, and everything besides just the, the matrix and the analytics of things. But it's more about the product itself. It's about the, the breadth and spirit of the campaign itself. So there's so much that we learned through the process with Inventus. And we're, we're excited to do many more uh, with uh, Inventus. Yeah, I know the team is super stoked to be able to launch this out here uh, next week as we're recording this, but likely the week after once we get this thing published. But I'll be interested to know what's been, you know, one takeaway that you've learned throughout the process of launching a product on Kickstarter. I, I think what, what I've learned is I would like to have a little bit more time perhaps to, to produce maybe uh, a lot more because the, the crowd wants to see more and we, we just really don't know exactly what to expect. So, you know, we, we'd like to definitely produce more video assets uh, leading up uh, to the campaign. We were just, you know, sort of this was our first one and I think we, we're learning and uh, we're really excited uh, about the, the feedback and, and, and sort of the, uh, the overall response. But we definitely feel like we need to have a few more weeks, perhaps maybe a couple of months prior to the campaign to, to start the process. Awesome. So I'm excited to know where after we launch this product, where are you headed next? Well, one of the things we'd love to do is to actually... Um, uh, not love to do, we are going to do is to definitely deliver this product. And uh, we already are in the process. It's being manufactured. And we are really excited to, to finish this campaign and put the, the, the different comments and, and suggestions uh, from the crowd into this product and hopefully improve it. After we deliver this product, we would like to start another one, which we're very excited about. Again, um, this may not uh, involve too much technology, but a part of our overall mission to, to help people outdoors. And we hope that the, the crowd will continue to sort of, uh, you know, help us through our various campaigns in the coming years and, um, you know, sort of build a, a strong relationship with with all the backers and, and people that are interested in what we're inventing day to day. Well, I'm really excited to see all of that. Um, you know, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? 
Sure. I, I hope I can nail it. Sure you can, man. Let's do this. All right. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? I think it wasn't the, the word entrepreneur that inspired me. It was just this passion to invent, uh, which is a part of my fabric. Uh, I think each day I think about new things and I think it was important to actually follow through. And if you follow through, you find solutions. And, and the next thing you know, somebody's calling you an entrepreneur. But the, the, the entire you know, mission is not to be an entrepreneur, but to actually create things that, that help people. And, and that's the spirit uh, that drives me personally. So if you could meet any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Oh, my God. Uh, Nikolai Tesla would be one of them. There's so many. Henry Ford, so many different entrepreneurs. Uh, I can't even name one. Each one for their own you know, sort of personality and their own struggles. I'd like to, you know, uh, I, I definitely realize that all of the greatest inventors in the world that at first have not been really, uh, you know, understood. Eventually, uh, you know, uh, the public and the world comes around to understand what they actually did. And that's an exciting thing. Sometimes you have to really believe in what you're creating and not necessarily just frivolous product for the sake of being an entrepreneur, the sake of making, you know, revenue. That's not our goal. We, and, and if it was, we would not design the sunflower. We've labored over that technology and we're, you know, blessed to be the pioneer, but it's difficult. And I would say that it's, it's really important for people out there that are inventing to stay the course and believe in themselves and believe in their mission. And as long as their spirit and their, their, their mission and, and what they believe in is in the right place, then everything else follows, I believe. Absolutely. So if you had a chance to uh, meet Sir Tesla, what would have been your first question for him? Why do you take photographs of, of yourself with your hand, um, you know, on your head? Uh, <laughs> his photographs don't really follow his, his brilliant creations, but it's sort of very posed. And uh, I think it's more important to focus on creating things rather than, you know, taking beautiful images of yourself. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, <clears throat> I definitely have a series of questions for different kinds of inventors, but, uh, with him, I would, I would definitely want to know about his childhood and, uh, sort of what he explored, uh, growing up because he's definitely a unique person. What's your favorite invention that you use daily? That, that I use daily or. Yeah. Uh, myself for myself, my, my own invention. Sure. You know, well, I, I have to say this is, uh, uh, something that I would love everyone to be able to use. It's, uh, autonomous shades, <laughs> uh, you know, literally being able to not, uh, wake up in California and, and worry about, uh, my, my umbrella flying into my neighbor's home, uh, being able to listen to great music, uh, you know, all with the power of the sun. And I'm hoping that our, our, our shades and, and I'm actually using sun table. I've been testing sun table now for at least three months and uh, I'm, I'm kind of addicted to it to tell you the truth. I've been using it even in light drizzle, uh, which is interesting. So, um, you know, I, we kind of create products that are solving real problems. So I would say sun table is becoming my, one of my favorites. So nice. Uh, what book would you recommend to our listeners? Oh, uh, God, I, there's too many, there's too many books that I, I can't really, I can't nail that one. You have to ask another question. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, where do you see yourself in five years? 
I see myself basically waking up on a Sunday again, uh, you know, taking my sons uh, to the office, uh, turning on some music and, and, and playing around with some ideas and creating something. Uh, I don't think that anything's going to change uh, for me. I'm always going to be driven to, to make new things and dream and uh, basically be like a child, uh, imagining how we can improve things around us. Um, I do have an answer, by the way. I'll just basically recommend one of my favorite books is uh, Philip K. Dick, uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? I think we're living in an interesting time with artificial intelligence and sort of the, the questions that are, that are posed out there. And a lot of people want to know what's happening with, with AI. Um, I think it's an interesting book for people to read. And it doesn't have anything necessarily to do with inventing things or being an entrepreneur, but it, it is really where we're, we're going. Eventually, you know, super, you know, computers and super intelligence will be around us. And so we have to figure out a way to coexist. And I think uh, my personal opinion about this whole thing is that keep the spirit of invention and emotional creativity alive. And that's a human gift, you know, and it's really an important thing. And it's the delta between us and machines in the, in the next 20, 30 years. Maybe it's going to be sooner. We don't know. But, um, you know, I'm one of those people that if my boys want to tear up a, let's say, a, a box and styrofoam pieces out in the pool and then duct tape them together to create a boat, I'm all for it. And the more random it is and the more emotionally inspired the idea is, the more powerful it is and the more human it is. And I think that this is the spirit. I really think that the kids all around the world should be, you know, listening to music and, uh, and, and, and drawing and painting and having fun because that eventually inspires some great ideas in the future. And so we need people like that. Absolutely. Well, I know the crowdfunding campaign hasn't launched yet, but I'm interested to get your insights on what the future of crowdfunding looks like. You know, I wouldn't, uh, I'm definitely not a, uh, an expert in crowdfunding. Um, so I, I really think that, uh, you know, it definitely has a whole slew of, of different types of products out there. And it's, it's definitely gotten a little bit more complex to weed out really innovative, unique products from, you know, products that are out there uh, just for the sake of being out there. I think it's important to also weed out the, the companies that, that are actually going to produce and make something versus the products that are just out there and, and they kind of dissipate, even though the product and the, the campaign may look successful. One of the most important things for, for us personally was that we, we already know we're delivering this. So it's going to be a couple of months and we don't really, uh, we, we really needed the crowd to help us improve some minor things on this product and give us their opinion. Uh, but I'm a little worried and, about crowdfunding as it sort of becomes more and more complex in the future, how we would weed out certain types of products and certain companies from others. And just like everything else, there's so much information out there. And I think the crowd is, is obviously growing and, and they need to do their homework and understand the difference between certain types of companies and, and projects. Absolutely. Well, Armin, this has been amazing. This is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check out Shadecraft. Well, first and foremost, we're blessed to have this opportunity to share Suntable uh, with the crowd. Uh, we definitely are creating our products for you. It's definitely not for us. 
And we really, you know, would love your opinions and, and uh, you know, your assistance and your help in, uh, in improving this and bringing it to life. And uh, basically, we want to inspire the rest of the world with these products. And this is your chance to help us uh, to reach our goal and to improve our product from here. And that's really important to us. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be a part of this now. So I want to thank everyone that's supporting us. And, and I would like them to actually talk about uh, Shapecraft and the kinds of mission and products we are trying to create. And definitely talk about the product that we are launching, Suntable, which I think is is something that is going to be a, a fantastic uh, addition to the outdoors, whether you're, you have a balcony or you have a backyard, you know, help us to reach our goal and ha- help us to go beyond and inspire the rest of the world with this product. Awesome. Well, audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign once it goes live and everything else we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, the Gadget Flow and Product Type. Armin, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you, Roy. It's a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it, And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.